Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive in June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive in June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. The following is a presentation of the Four Center podcast feed. From the center of the galaxy, this is the Four Center podcast feed. I'm Ken Epson. I am Joseph Springfield. And we are here to talk to you about Battlefront 2 Revisited. That's right. We're going to be taking a look at the game that's still going, we think, pretty strong. And we're going to be taking a look back, a look forward. Uh, that's coming up in a bit with our main topic. Uh, we are uh, going to be diving into that, some news, and your questions, as we always do. Before we get started, today's podcast is brought to you by Audible. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial. 
trial at audibletrial.com slash force center. Over 100,000 titles to 180,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, <laughs> Kindle, or MP3 player. That's a lot of titles, Joseph, but uh, happy yeah. to be here with you. I think it makes a key difference. I think if we told people there's only 100,000, they'd say, why bother? <laughs> why? I'll buzz through those real quick. But 180,000. Man, That's go download them now. That's a lot. And a little later, we'll do a Force Center Recommends. Uh, Joseph, it's still, uh, we're in this uh, Jennifer List land, which yes. we've, uh, we talked about, but we're, we're going to let her have her piece. Uh, we're not going <laughs> to keep putting out, uh, you know, the we miss you vibes, but she'll be back uh, after the second Padawan is born and brought up in this world. But we have a lot to talk about uh, between us, a lot of Star Wars adventures as well. Absolutely, absolutely. I had a big uh, weekend. I returned to my home, like Luke going to Tatooine. Uh, I did not have to rescue Han Solo, but that would have been fun. Uh, yeah, whirlwind days in Minneapolis. It was my wife's parents, my parents-in-law's 50th mm. wedding anniversary. Ooh. So that was really fun. I got to visit my father for Father's Day. And uh, it was always, you know, I was mindful as I was going of like, how does Star Wars pop up? Right. Because we talk about these Star Wars life adventures and we always find like, oh, it shows up in weird places. I went to this record store that I used to go to all the time, but they had moved and I never wanted to go to the new location. Right. And it was one of those good lessons of like, just embrace, embrace change because the new location was awesome. Right. And then I get to the counter and they have a sign about like how great vinyl is and it's being held up by an old Tusken Raider action figure. Oh. Just like that kind of, oh man, Star Wars is everywhere. Um. And then my dad had this old photo printed Mm. that he took of myself and my brother in his 1950s Chevrolet truck that he still owns. Uh, And there's these blurry objects in our hands. And my mom was like, I don't know what was in your hands. And I like looked closely like my brother's holding Chewbacca and I can see Luke Skywalker's yellow lightsaber extended from my hand. (laughs) These blurry little action figures. And it was it was weird. My wife kind of looked at it and was like, oh, that's great. Not a lot has changed, has it? (laughs) (laughs) No. No, not really. No, lot has changed. <laughs> What's that's that's great. Number one, just the memory is awesome, and seeing it seeing it go back that that far. Was there was there a point in your life? I don't know if we've ever really discussed this. Where Star Wars did go on the back burner just for life, universe, and everything. Growing up, feeling you had to. Any? Did you have a couple of those years too? Uh, not really as a teen or anything, because right. I think it was always a part of my life quietly uh, sure. during oh, those, yeah, those yeah, dark yeah. times where you didn't talk about it. Um, but I feel like my darkest Star Wars time was the Clone Wars movie, the first viewing. Right. Like, I love it now, mm-hmm. now that it's part of what the Clone Wars is. But it, at the time, I just remember feeling like it felt like, oh, we're, we're just revisiting the same stuff. That yeah. was definitely my darkest time. And strangely... It was actually watching the Clone Wars on Netflix and realizing this is awesome. Yeah, it's like the, one of the things that really increased my enthusiasm. So, like Clone right. Wars is both like uh, some of my darkest and best times in Star <laughs> Wars. Best time. I'm yeah, just fascinated with that too. I, I went through that period. Uh, and we we talk about the dark times, just where Star Wars itself was a little bit on the downswing or in the back burner. But and you're right, you couldn't talk about it as much. You didn't feel as connected. It was a secret connection, which was awesome in its own way. But yeah, I love being open about it. But I look back and it's like I don't have. Uh, you know, there's those pictures, but then there's that period of time where it was like I felt I had to put it on the shelf. So I joke. What made me think of that is you I had not a lot to change. It's, yeah. it's kind of a joke, but it's like <laughs> I'm back to where I always, you know, wanted to be. And yeah. it's so fun and it's real and it's yeah. deep. Yeah. And it's cool to just have it be kind of loud and proud. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Uh, pride is important across many, many things. <laughs> and Star Wars is one of those yeah. things. How was your uh, weekend, your adventures? Good, good, busy, fun, stressful, all those good things. Life, life, man, life. <laughs> uh, make him a, just a man making his way through the galaxy. Uh, but because uh, you're a bounty hunter now. I see. Yeah. I see. <laughs> I've changed. 
I need I need to be. Um, but looking around like at all, uh, I got to, I really played uh, Battlefront two in, in preparation. Oh, nice, nice. What's going on? Got back on on Twitch. I hadn't been streaming as much recently, and a lot of fun. And just I'll tell you what, it's like if you love Star Wars, it's great to like stand and play a game that you know we're definitely gonna talk about the controversy around it early on. But the people are just like, oh man. I love this game, or I'm here to, yeah. I should look at this again. That's Star Wars. And someone uh, got in the chat room very nicely was just like, hey, is this, you know, I didn't touch the game because of the controversy, but is it worth $15? Because I'm watching you play and it's fun. And everyone in the chat just made the face you made. And was like, <laughs> yes, but it wasn't like a negative, like, yeah, jerk. It was like, yeah, 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 yeah give, it give it a go. Yeah, to just be in Star Wars. <laughs> in yeah. Star Wars. So that was my Star Wars adventure just uh, in preparation for this episode, but just being reminded uh, you just the f- fun we all have being fans of this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And, and speaking of being fans of this stuff, Joseph, uh, you and I are, are fans. This is the reason we do the <laughs> show, and we're still going strong. We we have, uh, we're down a member for a while. Some guest stars are coming in soon. New voices, like we said, but Jennifer's always going to be the third uh, pilot in this uh, on this uh, battleship here, this this capital ship. Um, but we are going to be we're announcing around some some we're calling program updates. Yes, some programming updates. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we'll. We'll just say what the programming updates are, and then we'll chat a little bit about why. So, main show on Tuesday, that is continuing every week. Thursdays, we're going to always have a show, but what we're going to start doing is we're going to alternate an episode of Databank Brawl and then an episode of Star Wars Ranked. Mm-hmm. So, Databank Brawl basically is moving to every two weeks. Star Wars Ranked is moving over to Thursday. So, we'll yeah. keep those shows rolling. And then once a month, you're going to do a Spotlight Star Wars. Yeah. And once a month, I'm going to do a Star Wars Counseling. Yeah. So I think part of it is we love Star Wars so much mm-hmm. that uh, we exploded the amount of content that we were doing. And then at some point, you sort of look up and like, it's time, other time. things that we need to do and get yeah. done. And it's just, uh, you know, if I could do an episode every day, and I think you feel the same way, yeah, it would be joyful. But Absolutely. I think it, it's for a couple of different reasons that we're going to talk about. It just felt yeah. like time to... Uh, have a little bit of make sure that we still got a lot of content coming out, but dial down a little bit. Yeah. I mean, in full transparency, uh, Jennifer happened to step aside for a bit for very good reasons, obviously, but she steps aside. That's, that's part of our, our workflow burden. Uh, She's a valuable member of this team. Uh, She pulls the news and writes the news and happy beeps and all those things. Did uh, did a lot of the video editing on, on that side. Uh, You know, we're trying to get back to put maybe some, uh, the databank brawls on YouTube. Uh, That was something she handled. So now either Joseph and I have to pick up some of those slacks, which, we're so happy to do by the way we know that but it's just the reality of the situation that we want to keep our programming going but never never want to get to the point where we feel overwhelmed right yeah and we're going into convention season Mm -hmm. uh for myself so that starts to eat into time yeah and uh yeah i think we're both lucky to be juggling lots of different things and having lots of different things that we want to do yeah so being able to sort of pull back a little bit in terms of the volume of content will make sure that we can keep the content coming out and keep the enthusiasm high and never feel like Ooh. <laughs> and there could be, you know, other shows pop up. A lot of our reviews are going to be back in the main show for a bit. Uh, the reason we separated that is, you know, uh, Jennifer didn't have the time to read every book like Joseph and I uh, <laughs> did because she's, you know, raising a family. And uh, we just we, we felt it was uh, not fair to her. So uh, we were doing reviews on our, on our own uh, little uh, show there. But that's all going to be combined in the main show for a little bit. So don't worry. Uh, we're passionate. Uh, I think it's very important in the digital media world to be very transparent 
transparent about these kind of changes. Um, and this isn't a, a, a you know, oh, looking ahead and do we want to keep talking Star Wars? No, we we love this, um, but we're going to make it better for you all right now, and I think that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And uh, in fact, speaking of the reviews, we're doing Dooku next week. We're doing a Dooku review right here on the main show next week, so if yeah. you haven't uh, listened to it yet, give it a listen this week, and we'll be all in on the same page. Not literally, because it's not a book. <laughs> it's not a book. <laughs> Which, I, I, yeah, I went through quite an experience listening to that. I can't wait to talk about that. There's so much wonderful stuff, but there's just the experience of an audio story yeah. uh, was, was different for me, and I loved it, and uh, had some interesting moments with it. So, that's coming up. That's coming soon. If you guys have any questions, you know, you can reach out. Facebook, all that kind of stuff, and um, uh, let us know what you think about the uh, the little slight changes here, but a lot of stuff forthcoming. All right. Yeah, I'm kind of scared. Yeah, I've done this before like <laughs> once, uh, and I've done news other spots, but yes, yeah. Jennifer's thing. We're going to look at some Star Wars news, and we are starting with this headline, our chance to talk about this. That was um, uh, confirmed last week. There have been rumors. There's always rumors, even about <laughs> convention dates. But it's official. Star Wars Celebration 2020 has official dates, and we are looking, Joseph, at August 2020, mm-hmm. August 27th through the 30th, and tickets go on sale June 21st, 2019. Too soon for hotels, by the way. I did try. Oh, really? You just tried to get uh, a random hotel nearby? There's a there's a specific hotel I Ooh, love. You got a secret hotel. Yeah, okay. because uh, it's walking distance to down the convention, but also to the downtown Disney where a lot of people go eating and drinking oh, afterwards, nice, right? Oh, nice, nice, nice. And they just don't won't sell you any uh, hotel room in those dates? Automated message uh, comes up like, thank you, kind sir or madam. No. Does it just say, nice try, Star Wars nerd? <laughs> Pretty much did. <laughs> Pretty much did. Um, I hear tell, though, that you can start getting hotels maybe an hour or so before that June 21st date. So, uh, Joseph, that's kind of the headlines. Yeah. What do you think about this change in date? Because celebration's always kind of been springtime. Yeah, I like the change. I'm I'm very excited about it. It seems like a good time. Um, oh, yeah. Now that I look at it, though, there might be... Uh, <laughs> I got to look at the overlap with Dragon Con. So there's that. I think it's... Either weekend before, weekend after, because Molly Damon tweeted the same thing. Yes, I think it's probably the weekend before, because it's always Labor Day weekend, yep. you know, for Dragon Con. So that will be uh, <laughs> intense. Uh, my home convention that I always go to, uh, Convergence, mm-hmm. has always been Fourth of July weekend, except for next year, it's probably going to be sometime in August. <laughs> So I might just have like a breezy, easy going summer and then just not be home for a month. <laughs> Save uh, your credits and head on up. Yeah. The but in terms of just sort of the cycle of what else is going on in pop culture news, it seems like mm-hmm. a really good and interesting time for it. Nice distance away from Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. About yeah, a month or so after that. Yeah. Uh, and and the, the Star Celebration being... In April, it's weird. We get locked in these times, right? The you know, Comic Con, San Diego Comic Con, makes sense. That's been July. That's been for a long time. Yeah. Um, it is weird with when, when I, things switch. I I go to that wrestling convention, uh, Cauliflower Alley, every year. And one year they were like, "We're going to try it in like June," and that just messed everything up. Yeah. Well, because if people are legacy people, like mm-hmm. they hold that spot in their year. Yep. Right. And I feel like it seems like it's a good sign, also, that this is a new step for celebration. When they they must be deciding whether or not they want to do it every year. That's my next question. Yeah. What do you think about this? Because D23 is this August. Yeah. 
Uh, I think 23rd, 24th, 25th range. Uh, that's every other year. Oh, D23 is. D23 is. Ooh. So I immediately, my immediate reaction was like, ooh, a syncing up of the time frames. I joked like the Olympics. Yeah. Um, when they did a weird switch and they were always every four years, then the winter, summer switched to two every two years. Um, but Star Wars Celebration is, is yearly other than the year they skipped. Yeah. And that was kind of, they were going to be every other year. And then it wasn't every other year. Yeah. And then I heard they almost at last minute did one in 2018. Yeah. So let's just say this, and this is not, this is, this is now just a wild speculation on convention dates with us, but you know, you've been around (laughs) the convention world for a while. Uh, Last five, six years, I've been around it. Um, The idea of Star Wars celebration every other year. What do you think about that? Uh, I can see why they would do it, but I kind of, I would love it to be every year. Yeah. Every other yeah. year, I guess, I mean, I understand, but it makes sense to me to say, like, this year, 2020, mm-hmm. is a year that will be really unknown mm-hmm. for Star Wars. Disney Plus will have taken its first little baby steps into a larger world. Yes. New movies will be a way off. Mm-hmm. So this is a good year to just really solidify the base and say, no, don't worry, Star Wars is coming. Here's some things to think about. Here's some things to get excited for. Right. And then you think, oh, we'll take 2021 off. Like, well, that's the year before it comes back. So maybe you shouldn't, in terms of the movies. Yeah. 2022, you certainly can't take off because that's the lead up to the new feature film. So mm-hmm. I, I think if I was planning them, it would be a hard juggle to be like, every other year makes sense, but which year to take off? I mean, you just you just kind of struck a little chord there. I mean, when you're saying 2022 is when we're supposed to get the next movie after nine, right? Yeah. So, all right, 2020, you got Celebration, 21, D23, a lot of 20s in there. Yeah. <laughs> and then 2022, you come back with Celebration in August, and yeah. then the movie comes out in December, the new movie, we think. I, I, yeah. I can't remember the release dates. Uh, forgive me. Um, I That kind of makes some sense. Yeah, yeah. I love the idea of it every year, but that makes sense. Yeah, I would, yeah, I would love every year. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. see about that part. Uh, what do you think will be the center of the celebration this this year with no movie? Uh, excuse me, in 2020 with no movie coming yeah. out. Yeah, I think it's solidifying Disney Plus. Okay. So I think the, you know that by then the potential of an announcement of Yep, Mandalorian went really great. Here's the second season. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely a panel on getting you really excited about Cassie Andor. Yeah, because I don't think that's out due out until later. Later, yeah, around that time. That, yeah, yeah, I would think fall, that, maybe 2020. Yeah. yeah. Super big empire celebration because Ooh, of the yeah. year. So I think that will be a big part of it. Like, mm. a, you know, a really big panel that's specifically about Empire Strikes Back would be interesting. Great call. Um, and then I think we're, we're going to be at the point where we will already know information mm-hmm. about the 2022 film. But I think one of the major panels will be like, but we're really going to tell you the truth of it. Yeah, like maybe also kind of like here's the future. Yeah, I think so. I, I would really think so by then because, you know, production's going to have to be starting yeah. rolling up by then. So I think, yeah. you know, if everything holds with Dan and Dave, I think we might find out, you know, far before then that, yep, yep, they're doing the Old Republic. And, mm-hmm. But I think this might be the, here's the title. Here's the, yeah. the teaser, not even of footage, but like mood. Like you always talk about you got to see that Rogue One teaser. Right. In, you know, that was at D23, right? No, that was at Celebration, Celebration, the final day of Celebration 2015. 2015, man. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, but so I think it'll be like, here's the beginnings of get excited, get right. excited. I like that. Yeah. I like what, that. What do you think is? Uh, I, I, you were, I, hadn't, I hadn't even thought about the Empire one. I think that's important. Yeah, the Disney Plus, I think what's coming, you know, by then we could get some more shows, you know, we're getting an, an Obi-Wan panel, we'll Ooh. see. Uh, a lot of Cassian. But I think if, if they have a better picture 
in mind, in their own brains, a Lucasfilm of what's coming with the continued adventures of Star Wars, including the films. Eh, maybe we do that, too. Yeah. Like, here you go. But I'd love uh, the Empire panel. Uh, there you go. Get Julian Glover from <laughs> Years Watch. Do that. That'd be fun. That'd be yeah. fun. Uh, speaking of uh, new stuff coming, uh, we got the Jedi Fallen Order video game on the way, November 15th, and a new comic line is coming out to get us ready for Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order. Uh, this is going to be called uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order Dark Temple. <laughs> and I'll say, they put that colon in a weird spot. Star Wars Jedi. Yeah. Hashtag, or colon, Fallen Order. Uh, Ongoing colon problems with Star Wars titles. Look, I'm notoriously bad with grammar because I write as I would speak at a wedding. Um, so I get it, but it's a weird one. Uh, Dark Temple's going to be what it's called. M- Matthew Rosenberg's going to be writing it, illustrated by Paolo Villanilli. Villanilli. Um, and here's the plot. Jedi Master Eno Cordova and his impulsive Padawan Seer Junda uh, are on a semi- seemingly simple mission that becomes more dangerous. The Jedi Council uh, sends the pair to the remote planet Anthotho, on on Toto, uh, to oversee the evacuation of a mysterious temple Dueling forces of local resistance and ruthless security troops clash in a war for the fate of the planet with the Jedi caught in the middle. Uh, so uh, that plot, number one, what, is it, what does that make you feel as we have to get ready for another? It's a, it's a, it's a series to get you ready for something. And uh, this is a similar plot line to a lot of what I see this kind of era. Before the big, you can't go Civil War, you can't go yeah. Separatist Republic. It's ruthless pirates and people fighting in Jedi in the middle. Yeah, yeah. Did you get a sense of the timeline that it was pre uh, Clone it's, Wars? It's pre. It's pre sixty six. Yeah, pre Clone Wars. So I think pre Clone Wars. Okay. But I, I don't know specifically. And I'll click on a little super hyperlink here to get us a little yeah. more details. But yeah, and then of course we know Fallen Orders after Order sixty six. Yeah. So I guess it could be pre. Clone Wars as well is is pre order sixty six. It seems right. to me like well they're gonna. It seems like from the trailer of uh, Star Wars Jedi colon Fallen Order that they're looking for some specific MacGuffin that they mm. think will help restore the Jedi Order. That it's not like let's go find Obi Wan Kenobi, but it's more like mm. Mm. something a Jedi version of the world between worlds. Right. That, you know. Well, I guess that's not a Sith. It's just that the Sith were looking to manipulate that. Right. But maybe something like that that has that kind of a, a power. So it seems like to me this comic series is setting up whatever that is. Yeah. So that is how they have knowledge of it. But it also seemed to imply that these characters you might actually encounter in the video game. Yes. So uh, my hope was is that the Clone Wars are raging. And to get a peek into the Jedi had to keep doing some things that were not just fighting the battle. Like, yes, they're stretched very thin, but you get the idea. Mm. It's It seems to me a cool story to say, look... Mace is on Ryloth, Yoda's on Kashyyyk, whatever, but still some things come up, and there's been a great disturbance on the for- in the Force at this old temple. Yes. We, can, we can't really spare anybody, but you two go check it out. I like that a lot. I actually you, you like it so much, I, I hope it's... <laughs> <laughs> it's the case, but it's Clone Wars because that's interesting to me. You know, hey, there's a big four alarm fire on the corner. You're still going to have someone call with chest pains around the corner. Yeah, right. Like, that's how life works. So I do like that. I do like that idea that this all out war that did take over the entire galaxy. There's still little things going on, and and that would make sense leading up to Order sixty six. Yeah, uh, which we know Fallen Order is after. And, it, and I'd like more yeah. pictures of like, well, what happened to Jedi who are not surrounded by clone troopers. 
So, okay, this, yeah, okay, th- this is one of my questions I have for you here. Uh, this idea of Jedi surviving Order 66 makes total sense to me, and I'm on board for it. But we keep adding some Jedi to it. Yeah. And I'm not saying uh, Jedi Master Eno Cordova survive in Order 66. Uh, maybe his Padawan does, and she's someone you run into in Fallen Order. That would yeah. make sense to have that kind of tie-in. Do you, as, as, as a fan, and we love to, you know, kind of look ahead, and we love changes in the story and all this kind of stuff, but... I never accepted that Order 66 was the complete wipeout of all the Jedi. Mm-mm. And I love rogue Jedi that survived, but we keep getting more and more and more. Does it, how do you, how do you feel about that? I'm fine with it okay. because I think I go back to being super old school of Obi-Wan's original line in a new hope mm-hmm. of Darth Vader helped hunt down and, you know, wipe out the Jedi. And frankly, I want, I want 2000 Jedi to have survived order 66. So huh. we can keep having stories of Vader and the empire finishing what they started. Yeah. Particularly, as you add, inquisitors. Oh, and then the inquisitors have purge troopers. Yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, I, that's what I love the most of in the Vader comic. Uh, one of the many mm-hmm. things is seeing Vader himself go. I'm gonna go kill a Jedi today. Yeah, because I love Order sixty six. Yeah. I love how how it was executed. No pun intended. Uh, but I still want it to be the story of Vader and the Empire hunting them down. Hunting them down. As long as we don't get into like rebels, that's fine. Great. Right. Soka's still out there. Ezra's still out there. That's all fine. Right. But as long as a bunch of them don't survive, that's what starts to get on my nerves when they're like, oh, but this person was locked in a temple. Oh, this person turned <laughs> off their connection to the Force. But, you know, like, I I want Luke to be the true yes. new hope in A New Hope at the beginning of the Galactic Civil War. That's my only, like, canon hiccup with too many Jedi. Yeah. But, I mean, it sounds brutal for somebody who's generally kind of uh, uh, like like the pacifism (laughs) side of Star Wars. But, yes, please, lots of Jedi survived only six gigs, so Vader can kill them. I think we're we're on the same page. We're on the same page. It helps to kind of think out loud and clarify thoughts. Yeah, I I think it needs to be that Luke is the only acknowledgement, all that kind of stuff. We we can have those. We've had and will have those conversations. Um, I'm okay with some dangling participle Jedi, so to speak. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so I I, I think there's so many stories to be told. And and I think we get, we as fans uh, get uh, sometimes hung up on the canon details, the when, the where, the why, which are all great questions and fun questions to ask. In fact, I'm in this story right now trying to find the exact time frame and i'm not finding yeah it. i think it um, might be ambiguous right now yeah which is which is good patience we must have there um so i like that idea i like that idea just wipe them out all of them <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh final thought about this one here these tie-in comics uh and books um how do you feel about that now uh yeah. as it's gone up the batu comic series i've had yeah uh, i've been reading and i mean there's just almost tongue-in-cheek kind of try a Ronto burger type of moments. Oh, wow, really? Which are fine. Yeah. You know, I think I I don't have a problem with that too much because I, I I'll, whenever anything bugs me like that, I just think of how much a little bit of tongue-in-cheek has always been a part right. of Star Wars. Right. As long as it doesn't undermine a dramatic moment for me, then I kind of don't care. I like the books better. The comic book tie-ins is just kind of for me on a practical level. Of, I don't collect them monthly. I wait yeah. until they're in a collected volume. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I'm like, oh man, I would love to read the preview comic to Alphabet Squadron before I read the book. Yeah. But I don't really want to get them yeah. issue by issue. And I know that's part of the marketing <laughs> they're trying to get me to. Uh, but I, I, I'm spending a good amount of money on Star Wars. Yeah. I'm feeling good about that, about my right. contributions there. <laughs> We're doing all right. <laughs> Casting our dollar vote on Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I still like it. There's a place for it. And I think I think maybe I have to stop putting pressure on them for myself as a fan. So the Batu comic... 
Uh, there was like one, well, there was a one-off comic, and then there was this this five-issue series. I'm in issue two. Okay. You got Doc, uh, was Doc Ondo, Ondor? Ondo? Doc Ondor, yeah. Doc Ondor. He's, fa- he's featuring, uh, featured in it, and it's pretty interesting. There's some fun stuff. Han and Chewie and a baby Sarlacc and all these kind of things. Awesome. It's all good. But I think I, I I sometimes mine it like what does this mean and what is it, am I going to walk into the park and need this and I think I have to remind myself what we have learned is that's not necessarily what Disney Lucasfilm modern era canon tries to do it's just kind of like hey here's this thing about two here's an adventure on it yeah have fun enjoy that for what it is yeah so will be probably with this Fallen Order one and I think I, I sometimes get in the habit of mining for clues. Yeah, yeah, and it doesn't. It, well, I think they set that up with the journey to Force Awakens, right? And I think they've backed off from that on the publishing side. And like with this, it's like, that's hey, fair. if there's some weird temple artifact that's gonna be the MacGuffin of Jedi Fallen Order, hey, it'd be fun to tell a story that makes no sense to tell in the video game. Yeah, but then you're expanding the story, expanding the story. Yeah, that's what it is. A uh, quick one here: Game of Thrones concept artist Kieran Belshaw uses Instagram to reveal his work. He's working on a casting indoor series. Uh, he's worked on a lot of things, including Allied and King Arthur, uh, outside of Game of Thrones, good concept stuff, big, dark, epic at times. Uh, and, uh, this is a very subtle, uh, backdoor news announcement. Yeah. Doing research, puts out, uh, that Art of Rogue One book, uh, generous on a cover of another book. I, I can't, can't remember what that one is. Uh, what do you feel? What do you think about this? How the feel of the shows really might be part of this. Yeah. I got really excited. I went and looked at his, uh, website. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I'm really excited for the casting and or series. So any clue yeah. to it, obviously he's making drawings for game of thrones so there's only so much to guess because he's drawing what the game of thrones story needed right but i love to see that he was designing things that were both epic and intimate like everything from like little council chambers or like you know he had that great Mm -hmm. drawing of a bear island yeah which is not a huge society so this kind of intimate cramped space and then to see him doing the drawings too for like the destruction of king's landing Mm -hmm. and that got me excited for the idea of if they're hiring you know somebody like this Mm. What kind of new spaces are we going to see in Cassian Andor? Is it going to have that combination of the intimate and the epic? And the epic, yeah, because we're going to, you know, we're going to be right in the middle of that oppressive imperial regime that we saw a lot of in, yeah. in Solo and Rogue One, obviously, which is, you know, so I, I want to know, you know, we're going to feel that and yeah. you have to break that down to a small level. And there's not going to be big giant dragons running around burning <laughs> cities, uh, but or the empire maybe. is maybe. Maybe a crack yeah. dragon uh, yeah. comes to town. So, yeah, you're right. And 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 uh, I, I always move away from dark and gritty and all this kind of. But I want I want there to be some some uh, dust on this series. It's a dark and gritty <laughs> time, and it's kind of got to be about a character yeah. who feels guilty about doing awful things. That's where he's at in Rogue One. Right. That's the natural story to tell. A dark time of the universe where a good person has to do bad yeah. things for what he thinks is ultimately right. Yeah. You know, and that's really exciting. I think because this period is so well defined mm-hmm. in in canon and visually, it's just exciting to know like they're hiring somebody to draw new things oh, and yeah, know that yeah. there's going to be new ideas in new exciting spaces for this story to play out. There's a big galaxy, man, yeah. big galaxy, and I get going. Oh, once again, we're in those twenty years that are familiar territory. I totally get that, uh, but I, I think there's a lot of corners to crawl into. Yeah. And I think it is a time. It's a time to start getting really excited. You and I now are really excited for the yes. series. 
But news starting to slip out. That's oh, so great. Cool. Yeah. Uh, good time indeed. Final one uh, added today, just added today at the time of this recording, that we released on Tuesday. Michelle Rejwan, um, I'm probably saying that wrong. Um, uh, she is the new senior VP of live action development and production for Lucasfilm, Disney Plus. Uh, this is kind of big news, and she has been a producer on Episode 7. Uh, it comes back with JJ for Episode 9, uh, co-produced uh, The Bad Robot Star Trek Into Darkness. No colon in that one. And so she produced uh, uh, Super 8, among a lot of other things. She also has experience working as Jeff Garland's assistant on Curb Your Enthusiasm. We also did a little casting for Curb, casting for 40-Year-Old Virgin, and and The Office, which makes yeah. sense. Mindy Kaling making that big jump, too, from... Uh, that would explain that. So um, got a lot of experience, yeah. no doubt. Kathleen Kennedy had a very positive statement about her. I'm reading the deadline story. Uh, this is this is exciting news, Joseph. Yeah, absolutely. It's cool to see somebody with uh, that list of producer credits, that big uh, connection to J.J. Abrams. I yeah. think, you know, whatever you think of J.J. Abrams' work, mm-hmm. he's really a, his work seems to be kind of a no drama space. Like yeah. you rarely hear about anything being like, any sort of crazy personality thing. So knowing that this is somebody who has helped steer that ship makes it's just seem like it's a really competent producer producer who's going to do a good job getting everything out. And also the, the doing a lot of casting for fun comedy shows is exciting. (laughs) Interesting. Part of the mix to, to think that like maybe we'll continue to see some people with really good comedy jobs. Uh, you know, look, uh, uh, and, and, and it's funny as we're, as we're recording this, so this might already be, by the time we're done, uh, tomorrow when the show comes out, this will be another new story. But Warner Media is closing in on the J.J. Abrams mega deal, literally on the top of the screen as I'm oh, reading, really? reading this Michelle Rejon story here. Uh, and and J.J., I think, wanted to come back to finish uh, what he started with Star Wars and all that stuff, but I think a lot of it was just plain business. Like, I want to show that I can take this home, and I want Bad Robot to have a home. We heard a lot about that. Yeah. Um, I think that was part of Michelle pushing him to take Episode Nine back and everything. So... Not going with Disney, Warner Media. We're not a business show, but we're in this town. Yeah. So her maybe going, he's getting this deal, and Michelle's going, great, thanks. I'm going to make a move to Disney, Lucasfilm. Yeah. Interesting business times, and a lot to do with the future of Star Wars. Absolutely. And wow. I think, yeah, yeah, it makes sense for J.J. Abrams to say, I want to do this, but I don't want to just be this. I don't, yeah. I don't have any eyes to like be Star Wars, you know, be in charge of Star Wars for the rest of my life. Right, right, uh, right. Uh, um, and uh, Kathleen Kennedy talking about Michelle uh, Rejuan saying, uh, uh, talking about how she's uh, got a lot of uh, experience, creative skills, and her ability to manage the complexity surrounding these massive projects, which is key. You, are, as a director, producer of these things, you're running a large business. Yeah, absolutely. On the, on the move. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, what do you think? Quickly, here's a wrap-up news, Joseph. Uh, this the, the live action f- movies and Disney Plus, they're not they're putting pedal to the metal here on this. Yeah, thing. absolutely. And I and I think taking on a producer who has experience in the world of Star Wars and experience in the world of blockbusters and explicitly saying in the press release that they're there to, to help develop films and television. Mm. That it makes me excited for they're trying to produce the television shows like they are movies. Yeah, and not just give sort of like not have disney plus be the sad place where extremely low budget star wars lives we don't want that we do not want that i want that and maybe we're one step closer to larry david and star wars I don't know. <laughs> well joseph i did not do as good a job as jennifer but that is the news for this week excellent 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you Everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Excellent, excellent indeed. Uh, before we go on, we want to do our recommendation, an audiobook we think you should try out just for what we have this week. We have Battlefront 2, colon, Inferno Squad by Christy Golden. It will never not amuse me that this is a book that has two in the title, but it's a prequel to a video game. All that said, 
I really like this book a lot, and I think people should give it a listen. Absolutely. Christy Golden wrote a great story that didn't go the way you'd think for an action video game. Check it out. Download your free audiobook today at audibletrial.com slash forcecenter. Again, that's audibletrial.com slash forcecenter for your free audiobook. Battlefront 2 Inferno Squad was a uh, prequel, like Joseph said, to Battlefront 2 in the story mode and a lot more. And that is what we're talking about today. It's Battlefront Revisited. Yeah, that's right. So part of the reason that we wanted to talk about this is I have been playing obsessively. Yeah, uh, yeah a lot in the last uh, few weeks. And it seems like the, the the rumors, the rumbling is that the up- updates are going to continue. Yeah. So that this is a video game that is going to stay relevant as long as people keep playing it. Uh, so we wanted to revisit that. We're going to discuss some of like, the, the fun surface level stuff about just our favorite stuff. And maybe talk a little bit more about the deeper idea of what video games can mean to Star Wars and, mm. and how they can deepen our fandom. So let's go back to the beginning. Oh, all the way back in the faraway days of 2017. Uh, what was your reaction to the game when it was first released? And do you feel differently about it now? I do, and, and, and to clarify, specifically Battlefront 2, not 2015's Battlefront, yeah. I was very excited, because I enjoyed the first Battlefront a lot, and a lot of the modes outside of just the online gameplay. I was very happy to see the story, very excited by the idea of the character of Iden Versio, so I was pulled in, and, uh, you know, not going to lie, it was a weird thing. I sat next to Janina on the flight back from Orlando, <laughs> and she was so nice, and, and mutual friends with Josh McCook and stuff like that, so she was so nice. So that even got, was like, I'm so happy this person's in Star Wars. Yeah. So I was really excited, but then the controversy did dampen my excitement a little bit. Not that I felt I'd be bothered by it. I'm not a super competitive gamer. I, I don't, you know, loot boxes and all. I get why it was bad or well received. I just was like, I'm just going to have fun playing Star Wars. But it did kind of make me, oh, I don't know, is this going to be as good? Uh, and, and you can sometimes let the negativity creep into your brain. Yeah. Oh, it's repetitive. Oh, the short story's too short. All those kind of things. And so I, I early on, I, I got lost in that a little bit going, oh, maybe some people are right. But now, as a game that I just love putting on, I've played the story mode twice. Oh, cool! Including the DLC expansion. Um, I have I have more fun with it now. Yeah, a little less pressure on it. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. I think I went through a little bit of a similar thing. Uh, yeah, and for people who are n- not caught up or have forgotten, there was kind of a big scandal when it first came out because they were going to do have some of the skill progression based on buying loot boxes where you may or may not get the star <laughs> cards that help you advance. And uh, may or may not, you know, and there's kind of these whole things, laws about like gambling and addiction and whatnot. (laughs) (laughs) But I think one of the things that gets lost in that is people were tentatively excited about the game. And then there was a just flood of negativity. Yeah. About just F this game. Mm. But they removed that system almost immediately. Mm -hmm. And for the entire life of this game, basically, it's been you spend time, you progress on skill and you unlock the star cards and all that stuff. Um, Yeah. So I think part of the discussion of this game is a lot of people have just like, I've heard it's real bad. Yeah. But it's because of this controversy that was never really a functional part of the game except for like, you know, five minutes at the beginning of it. Yeah, it's like you didn't feel it. it was, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But you think you did. <laughs> um, yeah, and I, frankly, I bought it for... I, I didn't even buy Battlefront 1 mm-hmm. uh, because I can be uh, addictive about video games and I right. was trying to be careful. But I bought this one because I needed to play that story. Yeah, yeah. We're going to talk a little bit about the story. I enjoyed the hell out of the story. And then one weekend, they had a sample uh, to be <laughs> online. And I've never <laughs> signed up for the online right. gameplay. Yeah. Uh, and I signed up and it was like, 
this is so fun. Like, I enjoyed mm. the story mode. It's a great mm. classic video game story with awesome Star Wars stuff in it. Mm. Uh, but then the really playing the story mode and getting to just sort of screw around in these spaces and see them all fleshed out and just spend time being the heroes. I was like, I got to do it. And I signed up for the, uh, you know, the EA yearly pass. Yeah. And I, you know, that's what I play all the time is just the fun, go on a little star Wars adventure. I, I, I totally feel you, man. It, it is uh, and I love, and we're going to talk about the story mode here, but, but I just, uh, to walk around in that, to to play in that world, uh, and and you know, building off the joy of the first Battlefront, and then the the, the original Battlefronts, which the, the original Battlefront too, I'd say is one of my favorite Star Wars games. I just think it really still captures that, and so it's it's fun to see and, and see it still going strong, but also. We need some more eyes on it because it takes too long to find games. Yes, uh, we. You, that, we have, I'm not skipping ahead, but uh, yeah, no, yeah. no, we'll definitely talk about that. Yeah. Uh, so, how do you feel about this idea of canon stories in video games? We've talked about this a little bit in the news, but do you feel like is it a good way to tell a story to have have it in a video game? It it is, and I think uh, we're going to see with Fallen Order. Uh, what on a larger scale what it does um i a lot of people say oh, i was too short and i i've i've heard uh, i heard tell off off camera so to speak that this, the even the writers of the battlefront 2 story had other things and that they too feel it was too short but what are you going to do it wasn't their choice so they uh well this this would be spoilers if you haven't yes, played yes. the game yeah that there's a a switch of allegiance yeah do they want more time to set that up there was there was more time okay and that it got it got cut and and kind of s- squished up okay and that's one of the complaints of the story like it, it sold as you're playing a, an imperial character Iden versio and a specialized unit for yeah. the empire and suddenly you're not yeah so i i felt that too but but I don't know if that makes people feel better about it, but the creators felt so too. Yeah. Because again, Battlefront 2 was a continuation of Battlefront, the online game, and they knew story games were coming. Yeah. It was kind of like, all right, we'll give you this, it'll be fun, this will get you into the game, but we want you to play online. We want you to play, yeah, so yeah. we don't want to do, they didn't want me's. They didn't, they didn't want, want you. people <laughs> who can just buy that, uh, not connect to the internet and yeah. be happy with it. Well, yeah. jokes on them because I was quite happy with it for <laughs> several months until they suckered me in. Suck it in. Um, yeah. But as far as canon stories, I think when done right and not having big reveals, there was that thought of uh, you know, is, is Iden Versio and Del Miko are, are that are those Ray's parents? Yeah. Looking back, and I think there was two seconds where I thought, oh, that could be. That, that was never the case. That was never going to be the case. <laughs> that was part of our speculate responsibly uh, need. Yeah. Uh, as fans, so as long as they're done this way key stories with key characters and big moments that won't uh affect big things in the in the movies i love that idea. yeah yeah i feel like th- it was such a great uh nod to fans who want things to be more interconnected because mm-hmm. they've got like those dialogue scenes early on where you're sneaking around as Aiden and you're hearing the rebels talk about plans and they're referencing events mm-hmm. from books and comics so not it's just one of those validation things of like if you're keeping up with all this mm-hmm. you're feeling included but I was really affected by the story of uh, Iden's transition because yeah. I got to do it. It happened to me. Mm-hmm. So there's one thing to read a story, but you know the incident that really makes her question her allegiance is this horrible bombing, right? Yeah. And you're walking around in the middle of that. You're being asked, you, the player, are being asked to do awful things. Mm-hmm. So the power of playing that, to me, is sometimes an interesting way to tell that story. 
Absolutely, because Empire has the cooler toys, man. I, as I'm talking to you, I have an Imperial Insignia baseball cap <laughs> on, and I do love the Empire. But yeah. uh, in terms of just the space level, I love speeder bikes and all those kind of things and my Imperial officers. But yeah, to be in there, to feel it, I think it was a brave choice to offer up this cool character that's part of a specialized unit and, and flip it on its head as quick as it was. And I love the scene with Luke Skywalker, Del Mico, the choice to be better. Yeah. It, it raised some big questions that, that belong in Star Wars. And, it, and and I thought was they reached high in some of that stuff. Yeah. And I thought they really succeeded. Yeah. It was fast. And I think it's a, yeah, a, a, an undervalued thing to play through. I didn't at the beginning of, mm-hmm. oh, some rebels are destroying some Imperial property yeah. on Endor and you're trying to stop them. Yeah. So you can see from that person's perspective why they do that. But then you're being asked to, for no apparent good reason, mm-hmm. kill innocent people. Yeah, You know, it's such a great tale to walk through yourself of why you could be manipulated by an organization like the Empire and why you would have the strength to turn away. And I'm such a great character because it's it's kind of the family biz- business. Her father, uh, Galen Versio. Galen, right? Yeah, there's a lot uh, of Galens in the galaxy. Yeah. Garrick? Garrick? Galen. Garrick, I think. Garrick. Yeah. A uh, lot of, a uh, lot of, uh, you know, uh, she was raised in the empire, and uh, her mom doing the the artwork, the pr- propaganda, and then a lot of this again in Inferno Squad by Christy Golden. Fascinating stuff to to play with this perspective, but to also remind you, the empire uh, the, as a regime is still the evil, the bad guys of this galaxy. Yeah, I, I, I really love that perspective. It wasn't as simple as. We always hear, well, Lost Stars, you know, they, they talked about the, the lives lost on the Death Star, which is something you need to talk about and deal with in modern Star Wars. But it's still reminding that, yeah, behind it all is Palpatine. And, yeah, yeah. yeah. I loved it. Yeah, you mentioned that Luke Skywalker mission. And now I know, like, some hardcore gamers are like, I didn't get to do anything cool as Luke Skywalker. And, and I'll say, like, yeah, the gameplay is not amazing. Right. But you get to be Luke Skywalker. You're doing what you'd think Luke Skywalker would do is stormtroopers shoot at him and you get to jump over there and slice him down. And it's mm-hmm. this great, you know, uh, sort of power fantasy fun fulfillment thing. It's yeah. part of star Wars. And then you get to the actual dialogue, which is some of the best written Jedi philosophy stuff where Del Mico was so like, good. why didn't you kill me? And Luke Skywalker says, because you gave me a choice. And to go through that power when you were just like two minutes ago mm-hmm. going, ah, oh, cool, I pushed a stormtrooper off a cliff and he fell to his death. This is awesome. And then realize like, oh, no, I'm playing a character who does not want to do that mm-hmm. if he doesn't have to. I'm telling you, it's some of the best Luke Skywalker stuff. Uh, Mitch uh, Dyer is one, I think, who really wrote that that scene. And uh, it, it's so because, it, yeah, you're, you're hacking and slashing. You're yeah. right. There's a lot of the scritters come out and it's yeah. it's not the best – Gameplay, like you, like you said, um, but then there's deep things with. with I love the moment where where Del Mico they get into uh, the the observatory, which is what they're both trying to get to. It's one of Palpatine's storage sheds, and uh, <laughs> Luke uses a Force. Open up. Del's like, well, why would the why would Palpatine's storage shed have the Force to it? <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, Del. But it really gets. It's not just meta, but it's just this. It's deep philosophy with Luke. The choice. The choice to be better. It's one of the most powerful scenes in all of Star Wars. Yeah, and without just a doubt, with Del and Aiden. Like, what do you? What do yeah. these characters do when they're given the full story that we, the audience, have? Like, yeah. oh, he's a crazy evil Sith Lord. Okay, yeah. I understand. Because well, Del was raised on Coruscant, and then he's like, you know, I was raised. A, raised uh, knowing the Jedi were bad and Luke's just kind of like, well, maybe, maybe you were told wrong. Yeah. It's like maybe there are more frightening things than Jedi, <laughs> yeah. I think is what he says, yeah, which yeah, is, yeah, exactly. you know, really well written. Do you feel like kind of in bigger canon? So the, in a lot of ways, Battlefront two is the story of operation cinder yeah. of the empire kind of just burning parts of the, the galaxy down um, mm. in its wake of, of being almost defeated. 
and, yeah. and then we get the kind of iconic Battle of Jakku. Do you feel like you have a different relationship to those stories because you played them? Do you feel like you fought in the Battle of Jakku? So glad you included that. I, I would never doubt that you, you would miss a big moment like that because, <laughs> yes, yes. And it's not just the cool, if you read the Leia comic and you read uh, Chuck Wendick's Aftermath series, a lot of the stuff is there, right? Yeah. And, and the Battle of Jakku, which goes, you know, force first trailer, Force Awakens. Yep. We're like, ooh, a big battle on this, on Tatooine. Oh, that's not Tatooine. <laughs> um, yes, I feel as though I'm in and around it. And the Battle of Jakku, which you read in detail in Aftermath, and, and you hear about even the Poe Dameron comic with the character of Tarix who fought on it. Yeah, Lost Stars. Lost Stars, yeah. I, that's our real big first kind of uh, uh, learning of what learning about it. About it. Um, anyways, I, I feel that those particular missions at the end, I feel as though I understand it. Oh, gosh, even the first Battlefront game in 2015 were that level on Jakku, which yeah. was... There, you actually saw some of the the cruisers crashing. Oh, nice. And you were in some of the action. And I, I really do feel I have a better appreciation for all those things, including Operation Cinder. Yeah. And part of the em- emperor tearing down his empire after his Yeah, death. yeah. I mean, and, and I know that, uh, you know, the Battle of Jakku stuff is not sort of super cinema verite mm. real war. But in terms of Star Wars, it tells the stories of battles. It's fun to like be able to read like mm-hmm. in the aftermath novel. Here's the big macro plan mm-hmm. that the rebels are trying to do, or the, the Republic at that point. And here's mm-hmm. what the Empire is really up to. And then Lost Stars, like here's what's just going on in this one ship between these two people. Mm-hmm. And then to play it in the video game, where you're like, I'm just one person running through this melee, mm-hmm. this madness, and somewhere over there, Snap Wexley's having a moment. Yeah, and, like to to experience it in Noah battle in this big historic way. And then also to run through it is a really valuable experience to make you feel like when you watch force awakens again, you're like, Hey, I probably run, ran past that star destroyer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think, I think in aftermath that uh, they, um, the, even the Walker that Ray lives in is, is dealt with. And, and, yeah. and, and it's dealt with to me in a way that it isn't just like wink, wink. She's she, Ray's going to live in that one. Like it's part of the battle. And then in this game, you get to hear references. Hey, there's an operative on that Imperial cruiser. Be careful. And that's, that's thank Kyrell and, yeah. and wedge and snap and, and the death of Mr. Bones, all the stuff. And those are referenced in the video game. And, yeah. it, and I think it was a big, big victory. No pun intended for a war <laughs> moment for the, the creative team. Yeah. Uh, so we talked a little bit about those historical moments that you get to be a part of, mm-hmm. but in general, all the modes, cause there's so many different ones online. How does playing a specific character or being in a specific location enhance your appreciation of Star Wars? I keep going to Naboo in my brain and on the game. I (laughs) I love, and I do, yeah, and I do wish, I know it's, I don't know how the engine would work, but I do wish you could choose, have a little more choice over the level you're playing. Sometimes you get in the rotation and you're like, oh, I'm on Starkiller base and you want to be on Camino and all stuff. But when every time I'm on Naboo, man, I, I... I'm already there. I already love uh, the prequels. I already love New- Naboo's always been, even when I wasn't so sure of the prequels, that's always been one of my favorite spots. Yeah. Uh, t- I'll never forget roaming around and the first time I turned the corner and saw the picture of Padme and had just this this reaction. Yeah. Outside, just as a fan, like, ah, oh, there's the, oh, man. And I just felt like, I just felt like as as a fan who loves to crawl into that story bubble that I could imagine what it was like to walk around that 
that throne room or that yeah. castle on Theed and, and just and be part of the story when there wasn't war, no trade federation problems, just living there. I've I've now feel stronger, uh, you know, a stronger connection to these lands. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I feel the same way. I feel like the big picture thing to me is like sometimes it's just like, oh wow, I can't um, I can't believe I'm here in this iconic space. Mm-hmm. Like I love the Naboo hangar. Because yeah. that's like, oh, wow, that's it's right there. That's where Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon and Darth Maul all fought. But then there's so many places where it's just right around the corner from what you see on the screen. Mm-hmm. And it makes perfect sense. And it, it, yes. you get to see these parts that you know exist if this galaxy was real. But you don't see on the screen because there's no reason to. They're yeah. just implied. Like... Uh, in the story mode, when I came across like some of the just propaganda mm-hmm. for Palpatine, that was yes, like, I yes, had to yes. freeze and take a screenshot. And uh, I love Bespin, yeah, because that's just one of those spots where here's a nicer place in the galaxy in the original trilogy that looks like oh here's what here's a place that's been taken better care of, and you start to realize ah, Bespin looks like Naboo, yeah, and Camino, a place that isn't worn torn or torn. It's yeah. it that's held together and like you know to be able to kind of just jump by stuff that's been in the background of like oh this sort of just art deco sculpture yeah you know you you mentioned Bespin and and uh, the first battlefront in 2015 brought the brought it back as part of one of the ex- expansions and I and I I've talked before about the Jabba's palace on the on the first battlefront oh yeah of the hookah lounge and all those things where I could just feel like oh that's if I was hanging out here I think one of the things we as fans can't deny that makes us love Star Wars is just getting lost in that world of what if I was working on the Death Star? And I love the the the, the second Death Star uh, factors in here. And you can have the the Galactic uh, you know assault mission. Yeah. And I remember running around the first time and coming onto the conference room table and thinking, Oh yeah, they yeah they would have one. Yeah, just because we didn't see a scene there, <laughs> yeah. it's not like we're not having any meetings on the Death Star too. Yeah, just that like, was a design flaw. Just because we didn't see Moff Tier Gerard <laughs> going, all right, uh, what's our budget like yes. this month? Uh, Everybody get your space coffee cups and yeah. sit down. Yeah, it, it's just so silly. But as a fan, uh, and that's why I still have always just I, I champion this game because it's like I think we as fans at, at once you reach a certain level, that's what we get lost in yeah and this game has just chock full with those moments yeah and it, it, it makes the gameplay fun uh, or sometimes frustrating mm-hmm. uh, to see the diversity mm-hmm. to like physically experience the diversity mm-hmm. of like you in a place like uh best bin you got those you got clean hallways with line yeah. of sight and then you go to yavin which sometimes gets on my nerves yeah and it it's yeah. just because it's hard to traverse. It is hard to Like do. it would be in real life. Because like, I'm about to take down Darth Vader, but there's a effing like, tree root yeah, in my bulbous, way. Bulbous, like zebra characters, I've, creatures I forget. Oh, the, yeah, yeah, just running around. Uh, yeah, yeah. see, so you, get, you get tangled up in that, and it, it sometimes is frustrating, but it yeah. feels real. You know, yeah. same thing with Tatooine. I get real mad about being defeated by patio furniture <laughs> sometimes when I get, you know, Count Dooku's crotch stuck on a lawn chair <laughs> on the patio of the cantina. Uh <laughs> But, you know, it, it yeah. makes you appreciate the diversity of the kinds yeah. of places these battles are taking place. Absolutely. I, mean, I can't tell you how many times I've chased a, uh, a Voltis around on the crate <laughs> map and, and died for it. But Yeah. 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 It. Well, let's just talk about some of our favorites. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we talked a lot about the, the main story mode. So many different modes of gameplay for the online. Yeah. What is your favorite? Or favorites. I, fa- yeah, I, you know, I started out, I really loved Starfighter Assault because I, I could just kind of get, I got a better handle on it. Yeah. And I do love flying. I wish they could, I wish there was more. It is a little repetitive, so I don't play it as much. It also seems to be harder to find games, probably because it's not as a, as a dynamic kind of uh, thing for everybody. Uh, and I always get stuck on that, uh, 
I think it's the evacuation of Dakar map yeah. where the weird gravity wells and like my ship's floating. And I'm like, God, I just want to fly, <laughs> man. So <laughs> that was yeah. my favorite early on, but I can't deny, I just play the, the galactic, uh, it was the galactic assault more than yeah. anything. Uh, it's big enough to where I can get involved. Uh, the capital supremacy is great. It's a new addition, but I've had hour and a half games and sometimes <laughs> I got to go. Yeah. You need to know. <laughs> you need to know. Yeah. Uh, capital supremacy has been a part of my getting addicted because I yes. like galactic assault, mm-hmm. but it can be so sprawling, which is both a good yeah. thing and a, a bad thing. Mm-hmm. I like that there's such uh, specific goals in capital supremacy. Yes. And for people who haven't played, it's, it's all uh, prequel era too. So you're yeah, you're yeah, just yeah. you're trying to control these five objectives. It's just like you know, king of the hill, right? But with Essentially, like yeah. five locations, and then every time you win, you get to go try to blow up the other person's ship. So you go yeah. up on the separatist ship or the Republic cruiser, uh, and it's the Republic star destroyer. Uh, but it is pretty fascinating. Is you can just go back and forth failing. Yeah, I've played a two-hour game. Yeah, which is like both rewarding and also like. <laughs> I need to urinate and I haven't had food and I was just going to play for 20 minutes to get the daily. uh, uh, But it's also, you know, uh, there's, there's always balance that you get so invested that. Yeah. And I like it when your goals are very specific. Yeah, I like uh, the Capital Supremacy one is great. And I, I hope they add to some of the maps. Uh, I know Felucia's coming. I don't necessarily know if it's for that one. Uh, it is. It is yeah. for that one. Great. Uh, that's going to be fascinating. Um, but yeah, and, and I'll, I'll, I'll stream on Twitch a lot, obviously. You know, I, I like to go for about an hour because my legs start going numb and I got <laughs> things to do. But also it, it's fun to hang out with the folks. But the Capital Supremacy one, there's so many times I'm just kind of chatting. I'm fighting, but I'm chatting. And I look and I go, oh, the match is over. And I realize, oh, no, we're flying back down to the surface of Genosis. <laughs> and I got another half back. hour. You got another try, at least. <laughs> but So for me, Galactica solved. For, okay. for you, I know it's a little different, though. Yeah, yeah I like Capital Supremacy uh, a lot. I've been playing more Starfighter mm-hmm. Assault. Uh, I like Strike. But I think Heroes versus Villains is always going to be my mm-hmm. favorite because I think one of the biggest draws of this video game for me is getting to be those different characters. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the, the triumphs of the game is... All of their special abilities make you feel like the character. Yeah. You know, Obi-Wan, you have to play a little defensively because he's not as aggressive. Mm -hmm. You know, in like Dooku is very, you have to be up close and then he's deadly, but he can dodge more. So he's like more slippery and Mm -hmm. Vader is just this big imposing force. So I think they do such a great job of designing the characters to feel like they're the characters. Yeah. Uh, So heroes versus villains for me um, is always going to be a favorite. And you can go through it pretty fast so you get to see and experience a lot of the maps. Right. And run around them pretty quick. A a different map. I always forget because you'll talk about stuff either on air or off air. And you'll be like, oh, that part where I was down on the the hangar. And I was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Oh, I don't play heroes and villains as much. I'm always up in the throne room. (laughs) You're down below where Maul and and Qui-Gon fought. Yeah. And I have to to remind myself to go back and try it more. Yeah, yeah, because there's some great stuff. And that's where you spend most of the time on on Bespin anywhere in the game. Uh, So I love that. What is your favorite map or location? Well, it's changed. I, I, I think now uh, the Geonosis map for uh, Galactic Assault is great. And that's actually really uh, has specific goals and kind of goes goes for a while, but just enough to where I don't, my yeah. legs aren't numb. Uh, <laughs> love that one. Uh, I got to say, I got to say, I keep going back to Moss Isley. Okay. Uh, lawn share side. I, <laughs> I stay off the roofs a lot and okay. probably just die fast on the ground. Um 
I there's something about it that even connects back to the original Battlefronts and kind of the street warfare on the hot, dusty streets of Tatooine. I yeah. just like that one a lot. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Crate's been good too, too. And I like Kessel, uh, uh, Spice Mines of Kessel on oh. uh, Strike or Blast. Man, that yeah. one is fun to have that contrast between like, oh, yeah, here's some stuff from the classic trilogy that I've lived yeah. with for years. And like, ah, I just saw the movie. And yeah. here I am. Like, I, when I've watched Solo, I've gotten distracted to be like, ooh, watch out for the yeah. pools of bubbling stuff because they burn you a little bit. They'll get you for five points or whatever I've it is. I've intentionally stepped into them. <laughs> just to be like, yep, oops, yep, that's definitely burning. <laughs> it's some great, uh, like, uh, just physical comedy when you get thrown into those and you're burning and <laughs> trying to run out of them as quickly as you can. Yeah, uh, for me, that's been the Naboo hanger. Geonosis is amazing. Just beautiful. You feel like you're in it. Uh, I play heroes versus villains there, but it gets frustrating because it's mm. big and far out, uh, spread out, spread out. Uh, and it's got all these levels. So, you know, if you're a force user, great, you jump up there. But I've played games of that where I've just run around as Han Solo on the ground like, hey, guys, <laughs> where's the fight happening? Is it? A, oh, oh, you all died. OK, well, I'll run over here now. But then while you're doing it, it just so actually beautiful it's so dumb that a video right. game is like i have an actual beautiful sun outside but i'm like look at that <laughs> sun on geonosis my god geonosis you could f- you you could feel the heat yeah in a, in a weird way steaming oh man i'm i get in this game too much huh? <laughs> all right favorite why are you hero? sweating i'm on geonosis <laughs> uh favorite hero um you know what i wish because it uh, you know in, in my star wars fandom han solo's my guy i love leia i love but i gotta t- i don't like playing the heroes without lightsabers yeah. uh, i feel it's a disadvantage it, do- it takes more work i think to be a good blaster hero yeah chewbacca is amazing the even the wookiee warrior is amazing you get yeah. that bowcaster going it's i feel like han in the force awakens oh like, yeah wow thermal imploder oh that's a good one too um so i think i will go with vader I like playing Vader a lot, yeah. and I've had a lot of success with Maul. Okay, yeah. So by default, I'll go. Wait, those aren't. <laughs> you can tell my perspective is <laughs> off. Those aren't heroes, Ken. <laughs> those aren't heroes. Uh, they I, use the terminology heroes for yeah, both hero and villain. In they the game. do. Yeah. They do. But uh, I have, on the flip side, then Obi Wan. I was really excited to yeah. play Obi Wan, and uh, that's my answer for hero. <laughs> I have to go rethink my life when I'm like, oh, hero, Darth Vader. <laughs> Maul. Yeah. Uh, Obi-Wan is probably my favorite for the heroes. I like uh, I like playing all of them. They're mm-hmm. all, you know, they're all can, the blast heroes I think can take a little bit more work. You gotta be yeah. uh, a little bit more savvy. Um, or just a great marks person. Yeah, I ain't, no, I'm not. <laughs> uh, but Obi-Wan is just a, man, he's, it's a dream to be that character. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and it's, it's nice to know James Arnold Taylor and, you know, mm-hmm. everyone's why I hear that and my mind like, oh yeah, that's our pal. Yeah, it's our buddy. <laughs> that's our pal with these uh, great lines and what am I yeah. hearing them exchange the dialogue when Anakin's there? And he's like, I've got a bad feeling about this. <laughs> Obi-Wan says like, yes, everyone does. <laughs> yeah, just great uh, stuff. Uh, uh, sorry. I will say no. to a uh, Jedi Luke uh, is, is I understand his force powers better in the game. I can control them more. Oh yeah. <laughs> a lot of times I'm button mashing these ones. I'm like, Oh, use this. Oh yes. Sorry. Do this, do this. Yeah. yeah. And Ray's Ray's just a tank. Mm-hmm. She's, she's really good. Um, I really, I, he's not always my favorite to play, but I always appreciate Yoda because mm-hmm. I think back to, you know, when we were kids and Yoda yeah. was a puppet uh, and he was not going to be yelling and jumping around right. with a lightsaber and just like the, I'm on Bespin 
fighting people with Yoda, Yoda? and he has a lightsaber, and it's just the most amazing just, immersion into Star Wars. That's for me. true. A little, a little not taken for granted, but we were in that era where we, that was only in our dreams. Yeah, no, no, mm-hmm. yeah. Lightsaber Yoda was. Uh, is that possible? <laughs> All right, favorite villain for you. All right, now I answer Vader. <laughs> Vader and Maul. I just, and I, I wish it was Palpatine. I cannot understand his force powers. Every time I play Palpatine, uh, and this is not on the game, it's on me. I am flipping in circles. I'm spinning, going, <laughs> making all these noises, and then I die. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I think Palpatine is extremely powerful when yeah. he's played well, but you got to learn how to play him. <laughs> yes, I do. This is the brilliance of the game. Yeah. You have to play him like an evil a-hole. Yeah. <laughs> Because he he just you're you're fighting other people and he yeah. just comes up with his cloud of you know right. force energy dark side force energy that just slows you down mm-hmm. and makes you feel bad right and he zaps you with lightning from you know far away and then jumps out of the way yeah so I think that's that's it's annoying way to play yeah but that's what makes him effective that's what do so I'll stick with Vader and Maul yeah for me you're I think for me I can't separate it out I like all the Sith I like Vader I okay. like Maul yeah, yeah. Uh, I like Palpatine I like Dooku I think they're all so mm-hmm. well constructed to be themselves. Like a lesser video game would just be like, mm-hmm. they all hit you with their lightsaber. Right. But they move at different rates. They have different levels of health. The mall's great if you just want to mm-hmm. be a speed monster. Yeah. yeah. You know, you're flying around. Works to my advantage, so I like that one. Yeah. And then Bosk. Oh, you're good with Bosk. Yeah, I'm getting, getting, people are really good at playing Bosk effectively. But for me, it's also the just mm-hmm. utter absurdity as a fan of Doctor Who as well, of yeah. like, Bosk was in Empire Strikes Back for less than 60 seconds, probably. I don't I haven't clocked his entire screen time. That outfit comes from is a cast off from a old, old Doctor Who episode. Mm-hmm. And I always just think of like the absurdity mm-hmm. that now he's a playable video game character in 2019. Yes. With that yeah, and I love all the things he says of the poison. Mm-hmm. Breathe death. You're right, though. I, I die at his hands more often than not. He's a, he's an annoying little sniper with the proximity mines and the dioxys yeah. grenade and, like, everything about him is... And he, yeah. he can leap pretty far, so he gets away pretty quickly, and he's got those grenades. It's funny. I was streaming this weekend in preparation for this episode, and, and had a big, long Galactic Assault map, uh, and then the battle ends, and the number one ranked player was Boss. Oh, yeah. And I even commented, I go, I didn't see Boss once in the game, and someone's <laughs> like... And, and the chat was like, you never see Boss come in. I was like, ah, <laughs> that makes sense, that makes sense. He's a hunter. <laughs> uh, favorite ship? Uh, wow. Are you, are you cooling, are we cooling vehicles in this here? What are we doing? Yeah, do? yeah. Okay. Any, anything. Uh, we'll ask about the hero-specific ships, but any, any okay. speeders, ships, vehicles? Uh, ATSD. Okay. I really do love it. Uh, I've loved it on pretty much every version of, of, of a Star Wars game ever. Yeah. Um, but this one I love because you can launch, uh, like the, the ad ad, you're only in the ad ad for, for such a short time. And yeah. Everything. But like, I love getting them and just launching those like grenades that go like, bah, 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 uh, and just launching them in the air and just hoping I kill someone. Uh, and I always die pretty quick enough. Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty careless when I get into a ship. <laughs> I'm more careful when I'm playing a troop on the ground and everything, but, yeah. uh, I love the heavy, but I get an ATSD. I'm just like stomping around. And one time on Endor, I got stuck between two trees and just had to finish <laughs> the game there. Just a chicken walker trying to jeek, 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 just like yeah. someone push me. Yeah. It is that that suddenly the the fantasy of power can turn so, so sad (laughs) so quickly. Uh, I think for me, I like playing the bombers a bunch in Starfighter Assault. Mm. I like that they take a lot of damage. They're slow, but those bombs are powerful, and they they fit my style of play. Mm -hmm. Like, well, I'm going to get over there. (laughs) 
Then I'll blow something up. I mean, you know, I love my Y wings, and I and I same thing too because I'm a little slower, um, so I'm always pressing the brake. Yeah, so I like them too. <laughs> I like the droid bombers actually. Oh yeah, yeah. those those are particularly yeah. good. Uh, favorite hero ship where you're actually playing an own ship. Look, uh, no secret, I have a huge crush on Tally Lentra. So when they added Tally Lentra to the game, I was really excited. And I love the A-Wing uh, when I... I don't use it a lot. I'll go bomber, X-Wing. Yeah. X-Wing and just regular TIE fighter, just good standbys for a reason. So the A-Wing's not my favorite. It's a little too fast for me. Yeah. But I love uh, getting in uh, the ship when it's Tally Lentra because you can use, like, it's like a command thing and it's one of the only daily I don't go for the daily goals or the yeah. goals as much as I know you do and other players but it was one of the ones I was like oh I have to hit it 25 times <laughs> and I did and it's yeah. hard because you don't you know you have to earn the right to play as these and then ships. they're obvious often yeah. not available because somebody else got there first yeah. yeah and then I always feel disappointed when I do get into the Falcon or even Slave 1 I'm like ha ha dead yeah, they're a little big, they're a little easy to hit, and they become targets quickly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I you know, uh, Tally Lynch is my favorite too. She yeah. zips around fast, but her, her ship's really easy to control, and yes. you know, she's got all those cool abilities, and she's just so positive. Tally's you get in the, the ship, best. and she's like, let's do it. Yeah. Uh, but I do love, Slave 1, you get to do those bombs, those mines, those seismic charges. Uh, you know I love those, but yeah, I, I'm always dead before I can use them. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, favorite trooper? You, I think I know this. Uh, definitely heavy. Yeah. Definitely heavy, and I'll tell you, it's all grenades. Uh, it is all that, uh, the what is the The weapon? barrage? The barrage. The yeah. Boom. Yeah, and, the three in a row with the sound. Yep. And, and if you've seen me on uh, Twitch, uh, I do uh, I do uh, what I call the random grenade toss, and I just launch them up in the air. This is why I love Moss Eisley. Yeah, because you can just bunk bunk bunk, and I'll tell you what, I get kills. You get uh, you got good odds of getting yeah. kills. Me yeah. and uh, uh, one of our listeners and a Twitch supporter, Kyle Harlow, Rod Maniac on Twitch, he he counts them. We'll be in there, and he'll just he'll just be like random grenade kill, uh, and, and it's a lot of fun. So I just love that heavy. That's great. Yeah, I love the heavy. I also love the officer. I love that uh, that yeah that turret gun that he can uh, that they can set out uh, for kills yeah. and drawing people into that. Uh, and I love that when you're playing an officer battle droid and you put down the turret, it says "Good luck, turret." <laughs> uh, how about here's the last one? Okay. Favorite special unit. So special unit is any of those advanced troopers beyond the four main classes. Right. I, I wish it was better with all of them. I love the sounds and the and the feel of the death trooper. Yeah. Um, I think maybe because you're a target, too. Yeah. Um, it doesn't work for me. Uh, I, I will have to say Wookiee Warrior. Yeah. It, it costs a bit. But that bowcaster and that thermal imploder. Yeah. The Wookiee Warrior is hard to beat. I really like playing the Flame Trooper. Now, that's a place where just... Good with it? Well, yeah, I mean, the thing is about the Flame Trooper is you don't need to be good with it. You shoot flames <laughs> at people and they, and they die, you know? Yeah. Uh, so there, there's some satisfaction in that. And that's one of the, the, mm-hmm. the uh, ways that the game affected me is like uh, trying to play the Flame Trooper wherever I can. And then I saw a Flame Trooper action figure that I never picked up from Force Awakens. It's like... Right. I have to have it because sometimes oh, that's a- me. <laughs> it's it was a weird connection to the game. It me. Uh, and then that commando droid. I've always liked those weirdos Ooh, from yes. uh, the Clone Wars. The creepy spider, and they got the vibro mm-hmm. sword. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm getting my I'm getting a hang on them. Uh, I've got a I'm, I'm I've got a few kills with those ones, and I, those are. I was worried because I die fast again. Yeah, yeah. it's a theme. Um, <laughs> but I like I like uh, I like I'm I'm good I'm good with an elbow to the face. 
I got I got a few kills of the punches. Oh yeah, the, the punches are good. Yeah, you got to be ready for them. I think the commando droid. I think you got that ability to go close and hack. Oh yeah, it's like fun that. to see when people see the commando droid coming. They know it's going to slash you, and they just try to run. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, a couple more questions, thoughts yeah. about it in a big picture. Mm-hmm. We kind of got into our nerdy. Just what's the best? Mm-hmm. But so Star Wars, by definition, it's a story of conflict and war. It's right there in the title. But a lot of times Star Wars does have a message of peace and pacifism, Mm -hmm. including right there in the story mode like we talked about. So how does playing Battlefront make you think about those extremes in Star Wars? With the story mode, it put it right front and center in a way that I hadn't experienced in, in, in a lot of even the newer stuff, especially going back to my youth, like... Uh, it made you think about a lot of that stuff. I got to tell you, though, I am all war when I'm playing the battlefront. <laughs> I, and it's just, it is, I mean, it's it's the nature of the game. Yeah. Um, yeah, it hasn't hit me in that regard. I'll be honest <laughs> with you. I just love getting in there and hacking, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it, you, there should even be, you know, the, the disposability of the troops should make you think. <laughs> but nope. Spawn yeah. up. I mean, it, it's Starfighter Assault. It's sometimes sad when you like, you blow up and somebody said, we lost a good one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For me, I think that it's got this meta level that I do get frustrated with the game sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to talk about critiques. There are some frustrating things about the game and I've gotten irrationally angry and i've even like mm. stopped the game and said all right i should be done and then realize like i'm getting really mad and almost say something kind of mm. crappy on twitter because i'm just because yeah. it's got to me because yeah. i've sat there and i've played for too long and i've let it sink in so mm. i've tried to use the good philosophy of this is a place mm. to uh use the philosophy of star wars like you mm. let that anger in yeah you're gonna lash out and if i'm a jerk to someone on twitter because I got stuck behind patio furniture and murdered <laughs> too many times. Like, right. this is a dumb, small, day-to-day version of what Star Wars communicates. Of Like, yeah. you let that anger in, it's going to define you. But if you can do the challenging thing and just go, like, really take some deep breaths, be calm and present and go, I get to run around Bespin is Yoda if I don't win. So be it. Then I'll play another game. So for me, I've tried to kind of adopt it in a meta way. That's great. That's great. That's a deep look at it. <laughs> deep look at it. And I'm right there with you. I, I'm a little, I get a little less mad on this game, but ooh, I give up a home run and MLB the show. I'm stomping around my <laughs> thing and I have to remind myself. And it's a problem. It's a yeah. problem. It's an interesting concept. So, yeah. yeah, Star Wars is teaching you lessons whenever, even Absolutely. if you don't think so. Let's talk about some of the critiques. Mm-hmm. What are your critiques? Uh, I do get uh, the, the repetitive feel to it. I, I think, again, that's the. I, the design the game is just like go have fun play here yeah um uh but yeah sometimes that's why i after about an hour i personally kind of start all right i've had my fill and i don't want it to to lose its energy and i'll play again tomorrow or in a couple days so that's one of my biggest things and um i don't know if you can change it but it's like I am this one look at the story mode or I'm looking forward to Fallen Order to to have my time. I'm not I'm not a fast player. I'm not a great gamer, um, but I enjoy it. So sometimes the game is just, you know, you get you get too many. The joke being, hey, you got some 14 year old in Wisconsin with the, you know, 100 level power and I've <laughs> yeah. got 20. Yeah, that's fine. And, and, and maybe if you were to divide it up by levels and play, but then you're going to be harder to find games. Yeah. Sometimes it just moves so fast. I don't even know if it's a critique of the game is it is my, my playing level. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I mean, you mentioned it earlier. I think my biggest critique is, is the waiting for other players. You get in, you think yeah. you're starting a game, you get into lobby and it's like, Oh, we're waiting for five more players. Like mm-hmm. anything they can do to address that. So the people who are there yeah. can continue to enjoy it. Right. 
Yeah, toss more AIs in there. Something I'm yeah. doing a sweeping change that takes that's probably very complicated <laughs> for developers. Um, but that's but the yes. user side, you know. It's, it's dry. I just did it today before you came over. I yeah. sat down for a half hour to play, and I had about five minutes left. My Joseph's on the way, uh, and I uh, had one player needed for strike, and at three ah. three minutes, I was like, I gotta go. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So you play on Twitch a lot. I do, yeah. How do you think that this video game helps Star Wars build community? I think it. I think people. I, I even saw it this weekend of just people popping in and going. I never really gave this game a try because what I heard, or you know, just didn't seem to interest me. And then they watch me play. And again, I am. I'm not good. I'm not just being self-loathing. I'm not great at this game. Yeah. But I'm having fun celebrating Star Wars as we like to do here while we're playing. And I've seen a lot of people go. Oh, you know what? I'm going to give this game. It's fifteen dollars now. I'm going to give a chance. And then it starts conversations when I'll be you know flip a corner uh, and there's Padme or. Uh, I was studying all the statues on Geonosis when I was first playing. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, look at the statue. That's Pog of the Lesser. And people were just like, oh, this, I, yeah, I, I, I brought them closer to, to talk. And then you get discussions about prequels, yeah. sequel era, all those kind of things. Yeah, maybe. I, yeah, I wasn't a fan of Last Jedi, but ah, Crate looks great. And I yeah. think it does serve that purpose. Yeah, I think that you, you got a great version of that community going with uh, having positive yeah. people surrounding you in Twitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I feel like there's some good. Uh, community when there's a game where there really is good teamwork because there's a lot of times it's easy you know you're, yes. you're not talking you you know people start to play a game and it's one of the hard things where, like they they just want to kill people yeah, and they yeah. don't want to play the objective and then your team loses and that's a lot frustrating uh, but the times where there's good teamwork and you end up in a cycle of like mm-hmm. you play through Galactic Assault and you play through almost every level and right there next to you in your squad is you know Darth Taco 420 <laughs> and you don't know who the hell that person is or yeah. where they live uh, other than they probably like tacos and maybe weed. Yeah. But besides that, you don't know who this person is, you know, yeah. Palpatine underscore pants I yeah. played with. Uh, and when you have those moments in the game of like, you're not actually connected, you don't know who they are. You're not, mm. I'm not talking to them. Yeah. Uh, I don't have any chat or anything set up, but you do get in sync and you both know you, you can see like, okay, that, that person was playing the objective. Right. And we're both going towards it together and we're watching each other's back and we're truly covering this. Like there's those moments of like, we're not actually speaking, but over this weird medium, Mm -hmm. we're connecting. Yeah, I don't, I don't experience that as, as much as you, especially with Heroes and Villains, which is smaller. Yeah. But I love it. And, and even on Twitch, I'll be, I'll shout out like, good teamwork today. Like, we're all working together. Yeah. We're all, we know that we've secured this part. Go to the next part. Yeah. Versus <laughs> the ones where I'm sometimes standing in a, you know, in a, in a secure area trying to secure it. And like, no one's around. Yeah, everybody leaves you. Suddenly an officer shows up and puts a shield around me. Uh. And two assault guys protect me. And I'm like. We're working together. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Destroying the rebellion. <laughs> uh, a couple more uh, just uh, straightforward fun questions mm-hmm. since we talked our big philosophy there. What worlds do you want added? Uh, Felucia's coming. I would have uh, been excited to, to, to that would, I would have wanted that regardless. I'm excited now. Mustafar, I really want. That goes yeah. back to the original Battlefront 2. Um, I, I do want that. I... I yeah, Severine would be cool. Ooh, yeah. Severine would be cool. Um, I, they got a lot on Endor, but sometimes I even want more. More Endor, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Definitely uh, Mustafar. Mustafar is my number one mm-hmm. as well because it's just, it's so much fun to play in those dramatic spaces. Yeah. Uh, and you can, and it's also a world that I would like to see fleshed out more because I, I didn't play that yes. original Battlefront 2, so I didn't get to have that experience of right. being in that space. Scarif. They had it for the first battle. The first right? one. Oh, yeah. I loved it. But I want, I mean, that's on screen. That's 
uh-huh. kind of the most on-screen video, video game battlefront, yeah, yeah. like fighting with troops. You know, so mm-hmm. I, I would love that experience since I didn't play that mm-hmm. uh, 2015 Battlefront. And then my, my outside-the-box one, it's Octu. Oh, that'd be great. I'd feel a little disrespectful having a huge, yeah. awful battle in the poor uh, caretakers in the background. But how, often, how awesome would that be? Yeah. be like, you blow up uh, a hut and you see the caretaker <laughs> run over and shake their fist at you. You know, yeah. That would be so that'd awesome. That'd be good. I w- the Porgs flying. Come Porgs on. Flood. I wouldn't mind going to, we were in Moss Isley, wouldn't mind going to Moss Espa and being running around like the arena. Oh, for yeah. For the pod race and everything and the big hangar and everything. Oh, yeah. That that'd would be great. Mm-hmm. I would love that. All right, you can add two heroes, and I'm using heroes the way do, they do to mean sure. both heroes and villains. Two characters. A serious one and an absurd one. Ooh, ooh. Who are your picks? Uh, I want Ahsoka from a serious one. Okay. Which I, I would love to see paired with Asajj, but I'm sneaking mm-hmm. in an answer there. Yeah, and there, that, there's mm-hmm. been rumblings, rumblings. That, that they might be since the, the game has been so mm-hmm. Clone Wars-centric and yeah. their obvious Clone Wars picks. Uh, as far as um, uh, uh, absurd one, give me Wicket. <laughs> outside of Endor. Oh, nice. So I want to roam, roam around, uh, you know, Mos Eisley flinging wisties at people. Yeah, you got a blaster? Why not? Yeah. Yeah, give yeah. me a, a blaster. You know, uh, uh, you know, a, you know a slingshot, stick, Deadly wisties, spear poke. blaster. Yeah. All those things. Yeah, nice. I want an out of context Ewok. Oh, nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I was going through this and thinking about the heroes, I realized I would love anyone from Rogue One. Yep. Jin would be great. She got blaster, mm-hmm. got that stick that she's very proficient with to, mm-hmm. you know, have her special leg takedown. She hates stormtrooper legs, as we see in Rogue One. <laughs> uh, Cassian. Uh, even Krennic. I'd love to play as Krennic. And he, and he was great on the first one, so I do want him back. Yeah. Sure. Six shooter, yeah. Oh, right. Sure, it is an obvious choice. Mm, uh, yeah. But for my serious one, I'm going to go with Mace. Yeah. So it would just be fun to totally just be angry, <laughs> serious Mace. Yeah. Uh, and for yeah. my, oh, my, my you, iPhone got excited your phone, about that like, for you're, no you're, reason whatsoever. Serious Mace is yeah. uh, apparently a Siri. Oh, close enough to Siri, yeah. yeah. Uh, in my absurd one, uh, Go Jar Jar, which uh, yeah. has been discussed online. Matt Martin uh, from the story group is a big opponent uh, proponent of. Yeah. But I I like the absurd mashup where you are Yoda fighting Bosk. You know, you are yeah, Count yeah. Dooku fighting Han Solo. And I think to have... You know, Jar Jar have this sort of um, uh, drunk foo uh, where he's, you know, kind of wild and screaming. But yeah. what do you know? Those boomer balls land, you know, because <laughs> he has some sort of weird luck powers. You know what would be really, ah, man, you'd be interested in the Jar Jar one is that would be that would go a long way to just promote some healing for Jar Jar for people who wouldn't think that they'd suddenly be okay with Jar Jar. And I'm yeah. not saying that suddenly, if you hate the character, you're suddenly going to reverse completely. But that happened for me with the first Battlefront 2 12 years ago, 13, 14 years ago now. Woo! Um, Mustafar, I've talked about that. That was yeah. part of my prequelist journey of, oh, this map's kind of cool. That Padme Rumination song's really good. This is prequel stuff. What am I supposed to do? Yeah. If you were controlling Jar Jar and you're roaming around, you might start to enjoy the character in ways that you didn't think. Yeah. Especially if there's that great contrast of like, mm. uh, maybe there are people like, I don't want to play Jar Jar, but he's great. He's great. I'm flinging. He's, yeah. He's in your, and you know, you get taken down by Jar Jar so many times. You're like, all right, I'll give Jar Jar a try. <laughs> and then, yeah. Yeah. And then you connect with them because you're being yeah. them. I think they should do it. Yeah. I think they should do Big it. Big vote for Jar Jar. Yeah. Final question. If you yourself were a playable hero in Battlefront, all the playable heroes have three special abilities, mm. sometimes four, uh, three special abilities. What would your abilities be? Uh, ducking, <laughs> ducking behind storage crates. Um, 
Uh, I would hope uh, <laughs> uh, uh, rand- oh, 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 I want random grenade toss to be my power. Okay, that you you can throw a grenade and so, it, will, it will end up by somebody somehow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do, I don't have to have a barrage weapon as a choice. Just I pull out three grenades from a, a little satchel and I toss <laughs> them out. Um, and then uh, maybe, uh, you know, uh, sitting down and having a good conversation over a, a drink. Okay. That's a mode. It's a power. You sit down and I, okay. I pull you in as an enemy and then someone comes up behind <laughs> you and, and kills you. Yeah, yeah. Nice. I like it. Yeah. Uh, I would want to be able to uh, throw a frozen pizza. Oh, yeah. Still frozen, so it hurts. Oh, yeah. Clocks you in the head like Captain America's shield, but Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would want to have a hurtful tweet. Yeah. Send a hurtful tweet that, that hurts your feelings. So Bosca's kicking your ass, and then he gets a you know a mean thing about his appearance. And sits down. I don't normally do that in real life, yeah, but it's, yeah, so it's a fantasy yeah. uh, to have that power. Uh, yeah, and then my final one would be uh, similar to your sitting at a drink of like calming effect. Be able to just Ooh, yeah. talk someone down for a second of like, Maul, do we need to do this? I like Lull that. them into just taking a deep breath. Yeah. <laughs> As you fling a pizza at them. That's right. <laughs> a little calming effect before the hurtful tweets and the pizzas start flying. That, Ken, is our look at Battlefront 2, and uh, hopefully many more looks at it in the future as it continues to expand and uh, grow. Absolutely. Battlefront Revisited. And hey, if you listen and you enjoy the game just as much as we do and you still play, let us know. Reach out uh, using the hashtag Force Center. We'll tell you where later. And then, hey, let us know, too, if you're like, I'm going to give this game a try for the first time or try it again. Uh, That is uh, part of the fun of uh, Star Wars. It goes on and you can jump on uh, even if you weren't there before. And I think Battlefront 2 will be rewarding for those who haven't given it a try yet. So uh, from there, we're going to go to our audience questions, hearing from you. And our first one of the day is from uh, AP Ellie. Uh, I think I'm saying that right. Uh, or the Fort Center tradition, saying it wrong. <laughs> if you could redo or refilm any scene or sequence in any film, which one would it be? Wow, this is a big question because we got the Obi-Wan Vader fight famously been redone recently. Oh, yeah. Fan film. Uh, what do you got here, Joseph? Yeah, I mean, I, I, I always like to be careful with this because a part of me wants to just be like, the films are the films. Sure. Unless uh, George Lucas comes in. But a thing that I always wanted to be in Revenge of the Sith mm-hmm. that's uh, in the novelization is uh, when Anakin and the 501st march on the Jedi Temple to mm-hmm. see Anakin fight a Jedi because mm-hmm. I think it would be so great to power up his rage because we have it right. set up that he needs to do this to... Uh, become powerful enough to help Padme and the Jedi are going to come after him. But so much is set up in the films that Anakin has reasons to really resent the Jedi, that they tell Mm -hmm. him to hold his power back, that they tell him he's not as special as he thinks he is. So just seeing him encounter a Jedi who's just a jerk to him and him go, Mm. I'm gonna unleash and get him set on that trajectory. Not only would it be a cool scene, it would tie together some of his motivations and it would set him on the trajectory to really understand how he, how he can get so immersed in the dark side yeah. is to do the awful things that he does. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, I like that a lot. Yeah, rereading those novels, man. Yeah. I'm rereading that Phantom Menace one and there's some thing, things in there. I'm like, I get why it didn't make the final script or the film. Yeah. Interesting things there. So going back uh, and that. For me, um, you know, I, I'll have to say the opening moments of revenge of the sith and and here's why uh i'm okay with how the prequels look and george went with a lot of this um 
you know, a lot of the, we shot them differently in gener- computer generated and all that's been documented. But I do love the opening of Revenge of the Sith. And I'm not, I'm not talking about the battle, by the way. Let me let me be clarify. Uh, the, the Dooku, Obi-Wan, Anakin, Palpatine stuff. Okay. Um, because I think it's really great. I think it's very serious. But Dooku doing the flip down and it was very, it's very prequel-less. Yeah. Uh, prequel, uh, prequel-like. Uh, um and I don't have a problem with it, but I wonder, much like this this Obi-Wan Vader redo, which, and I don't need it to be, I think that one is a little bit more like, look at this cool power. I'm not talking about that. But give it a little more weight for the, the moment, the dialogue, the characters, playing it a little differently, even as a director, and not so much about, uh, computer generated battle droids showing up and Dooku flipping down. Okay. Uh, the scene is really good. It's one of my favorites. But you want to not I have want the distraction it, of that. You want it to be just like the the serious meat and potatoes actors in real space. Shot almost like if it's Rogue One, which, you know, again, a lot of computer generated stuff, yeah. a lot of models. Don't get me wrong. But I think sometimes, like, even when the, the thing falls on, on uh, Obi Wan, it doesn't look as good to me. It doesn't stand up as much for a scene that I think is very key to the story. Yeah. And that's what I'd be looking for in redoing something. Yeah. And I think a lot of people hearing you say that would probably bring up the same things about the Sidious Mace Windu fight. There's some yes. great stuff in it, but there's definitely some stuff of like, that is a close up of Ian McDermott. Mm-hmm. That is, uh, is, <laughs> that is <laughs> full good. Sith CGI. Sith GI. <laughs> Sith GI. Uh, that one is a great thought started there. Aiden, uh, Hosey, uh, writes us, uh, it says, Hey, if you could watch a nature documentary about any star Wars creature, <laughs> what would it be? So we're saying very specific, not yeah. a planet, not a th- creature. creature. Yeah. Disney nature's bears, star Wars <laughs> nature's. What do you got? Uh, well, run up for me would be the Varactyl Cause I just, I know some people don't like them. I really like the Varactyls. That's interesting, actually. Uh, yeah, but my real answer is going to be, because somebody brought this up for Star Wars Counseling quite a while back, mm. is uh, just the uh, environment of Hoth, the Wampa, the Tauntauns. How do they survive? Oh, what, what wow. Are the, what are the Tauntauns up to before the Rebels come by and <laughs> start riding them and keeping them out <laughs> when it's way too cold? And, and the Wampa... Mm-hmm. Got to eat something more than just tauntauns, right? Or yeah. are there a lot more tauntauns than we're seeing? I would love to see full, you know, animal planet, uh, planet yeah. Earth, Richard Attenborough narrate, you know, the wild tauntaun. Oh, totally. Being stalked by the wampa. Great stuff. That's like a penguin's uh, Morgan Freeman type <laughs> of voice. Too. Yes, that's, March of the Tauntauns. That's great. Yes. Uh, look, I, I think there's a lot of wonderful creatures, uh, you know, uh, I'd love to see. I, I just cannot turn away from the idea of a, of a pork documentary. Oh, yeah, of course. Because it would be one of those two where, like, we're on the island of Octo. <laughs> uh, with these, and, you know, knowing the, you know, because I got a plush at Celebration, I got a, I bought a little plush pork for Grace, my girlfriend. Yeah. And uh, she's named it Pork Friend, and it sits around <laughs> her, and uh, her chihuahuas look at it with scorn and disdain. And uh, I was like, well, you know, I can't remember. I can't remember what is the the, the male porg or the female porg. The colorings are different. And yeah. it's just there's already this little world with them. And yeah. I think it would be a fun documentary. Yeah. Watch. And learning uh, about their dangerous levels of curiosity. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Here the porg plays with the lightsaber. It'd be fun. Uh, going to Patreon where we like to take a couple questions each episode. Brandon Harbecki asks, uh, we've seen updates to Star Destroyers. X-Wings, TIE Fighters, and the sequel trilogy. To name a few, what vehicle would you like to see a shiny new version of in Resistance or the Rise of Skywalker? Yeah, that's been around. I was thinking, yeah. my immediate thought was, oh, Walkers. No, nope, we got that with the uh, ATM-6s. So, yeah, yeah, what would you like to see? This is one of those questions that I have an answer to because of Battlefront. Mm. I like playing those bombers. 
you mm. get into the sequel era levels of Starfighter Assault, and you don't have an option for a bomber because they haven't done a bomber, mm. uh, either on the First Order side or the Resistance side. So I would love to see some bomber-class ships. Yeah, especially on the TIE Fighter sides because it, it's just... It's just a TIE fighter with a, a gunner, right? It's basically the yeah. one Poe and, and Finn had. Yeah, and that's, that's fine. the interceptor. Right, right. Yeah, there's not a bomber class at all right. in the sequel right. era for, for Battlefront. So I would love okay. to see a, a new take on the TIE bomber. Love that. Uh, and I would love to see a... I don't think there's one I'm forgetting about. There's so many different TIEs. Mm-hmm. But Kylo's TIE silencer, I don't think there's a bomber. No, and we saw this TIE echelon that's more of like a, a block, Blackhawk a helicopter, which it, it was revealed this week. Uh, Clyde Air Frosty had, set, had got the exclusive from Colin Trevorrow that the one at Galaxy's Edge is what he designed for episode nine. Which might not even then be Why not be nine. in episode nine? Yeah. Um, but the idea of like, yeah, it's like, uh, it's a TIE fighter. It's a Lambda class shuttle. It's, it's, it's Kylo's TIE fighter all rolled into one as yeah. kind of a troop ship. Uh, I like that yeah. idea too. But yeah. And then, yeah, on the resistance side, I, you know, what does a Y-Wing look like now, you know? Since we've got you know, them all through the Clone Wars, we got them in the yeah. original trilogy. Uh, I know you're a big fan. I like big them. Fan. Them Y wings. Yeah, I'd like to update um, snow speeders. And I know we got the oh. ski speeders on screen, but I like the actual snow speeders or you know the T forty seven speeders. Uh, on Imperial side, officially give me like a new speeder bike, like an Ooh, updated version. Yeah, it's always been one of my favorites. You know, I love those biker scouts. I'd like to see that. Nice. All right, question from Eric Goddett, final one of the day. Do you think we'll eventually go back to multiple levels of canon, or is it safe to read the novels and just assume <laughs> they remain official canon? I've read the Aftermath and Thrawn books so far, and I'm thinking of diving deeper, diving deeper into the books. Eric, that is, um, that's a question that uh, we can't fully answer quite yet, and I, and I hope the answer is uh, no. But, Joseph, that we're, uh, that we're not going to we're not gonna get different levels. I, I don't think so. I think we're gonna, we would only do that if we're, like, oh, far from now, at least right. five to ten years when something really mm-hmm. necessitates it. But the reason I think it's going to stick around for longer is it seems like the movies, the TV shows, we're going to start going to some new places, mm-hmm. some new times, some new styles. And I think that means that a lot of the books and uh, the comics will also go to new times. Mm-hmm. I think if we never left the original trilogy era, it right. would start to get so clogged. That they would go like, all right, now we've got Luke having the same experience seven times. We need to break this up. Mm. But I think as long as it keeps going into bold new territory, the books and the comics will come with it and it won't get overly crowded. Great answer. Great answer. Uh, I understand, uh, Eric, what you're thinking. It's a little overwhelming. And then, and then look, um, you know, if you're a Legends fan, I get the outrage when <laughs> things happen. I get it. Even though I, I'm on the record of saying I'm not a huge legends fan. I didn't read a lot of it. I didn't feel the loss. Like a lot of people that doesn't mean I don't understand what you went through when you're like, wait, everything I read is nothing. Yeah. Totally get that. So I wouldn't want that to happen now. I think we've invested a lot. The reason I don't think it will happen. I think there's a better handle on it now. And even though Lucas film might've had something to do with the old level and created the levels, which yeah. detours was going to have its own level at one point. Uh, it was a different time because George just didn't care. Yeah. George viewed it as uh, that interview we're talking about, about Phantom Menace. Ah, yeah, there's a history of the Jedi versus the Sith. That's not true. Some <laughs> fans created that or something. Some fans or somebody. Some fans or somebody. like <laughs> Which might have been Lucasfilm published. Might have yeah. been, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think it's a little more connected. And, and what you hear us talk about on Force Center, the emotional canon, you hear that phrase, it's not just a cool little catchphrase. It is what we find present in all these things, including the video games. And those things are connected. Yeah. And I still think they're building out and building to uh, other stories and from stories. I think that's all there. And that's why I 
think it will stay. Yeah, absolutely. And if you want to look at it, I mean, they have official canon, and then they have things like the Freemaker Adventures or right. a random, you know, kids book or mm-hmm. the Lego that's like clearly, yes, Kylo Ren did not make a Darth Vader snowman. <laughs> snowman. That, that's not. So they're, they're not, I think, that being pedantic enough to go like, there's canon A and then there's yeah. silly canon B. They're just kind of being a little bit more relaxed with it. Yeah, and look, right? as a, yeah, they are. And as a fan, there's some things in the comics I read and just go, ah, not my, you know, not my favorite thing. And I don't dwell on it. Yeah. I forget it's part of it. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that. But Eric, uh, as far as your final thought here, uh, you're thinking of diving deeper into the books. Please do. I think you'll find yourself a very happy fan. That's our audience questions there. Power of the Light Side will be back soon. Joseph? Yeah, you got to check out those inboxes if you support us on Patreon and you want to share just something that you like about Star Wars. We want to share it here on the show, so check out those uh, Patreon inboxes. Absolutely. And you can reach out to us on Twitter. Follow us at Force Center Pod. Use the hashtag Force Center or on Instagram as well. Like us on Facebook. ForceCenterPod.Podomatic.net is the website. We have merchandise. You want to get yourself a nice speculator? responsibly t-shirt go to tpublic.com slash user slash force center tweet us a pic of the merch and we'll reshare it for all the world to see podcasts available a lot of spots just search but including apple podcasts google play and stitcher we're on youtube as well check out the animated databank brawl by our friend brian ward and more coming there soon and on patreon joseph we got a lot of things yeah we got uh, a lot of goals that we're still working towards some new music for star wars ranked and uh, we always want to highlight the discord we talked a lot about community mm-hmm. uh any being a patron on any level gets you access to uh, our discord and we've got a, a really good really positive and fun community of star wars fans talking there so check that out patreon.com slash force center absolutely and don't forget we have those force center trading cards available through patreon at Ooh, yeah. uh, select levels uh that's it for this week uh, that's it for us, us this week i didn't have water this episode and my tongue <laughs> feels it uh but you're on here, genosis in yeah, your mouth i, I am uh, joseph uh, tell them where they can find you and all your wonderful uh, creative adventures yeah you can find me on twitter and instagram is at Joseph Scrimshaw, and you can go to my website, josephscrimshaw.com, for updates on all sorts of things. In particular, uh, I will be at Convergence in Minnesota, 4th of July weekend. I'm doing a big stand-up show I'm really excited about, and I'll be doing a live version of Star Wars Counseling among yeah. other panels, but come check that out. Those ones are always good up there. Convergence. All right, you can go to KenNapsack.com to find out information on where to buy my book, Web of Star Wars, all the shows I do, and uh, hoping to lock up some live shows with Mark Ellis and, uh, you know, all those kind of things. We've got a lot of events coming down for the movie trivia showdown, San Diego Comic-Con, New York, so stay tuned for that. All right, that is it. We're out of here because, you know what? We're going to go play some more Battlefront. That was Force Center. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50 luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.